Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Now, if you've been listening to some of the military history stuff I've been doing recently, uh, we've been focusing mainly on the British experience of the war at sea. Uh, and you can't really talk about that um, in any great depth without looking at the uh, U-boat campaign uh, against uh, Great Britain uh, during the Second World War, one which had been uh, nearly as uh, deadly to uh, the British Isles during the First World War as well. Its resumption in 1917 uh, uh, leading to the uh, introduction, the intervention of the USA into the, the war. Um, by 19, in 1939, um, the uh, war strategy that um, Hitler believed would be most effective uh, against Great Britain wasn't the um, attempt to invade Britain in, in 1940, but was, of course, um, the, the war to starve Great Britain um, using U-boats uh, sinking uh, Britain's, um, uh, trade, uh, Britain's uh, convoys. Britain hadn't been a self-sufficient country um, for at least a century, uh, of course, the decision to switch to being a free trading country in the 1840s, um, where, which you know uh, brought uh, greatly reduced food to Britain and improved living standards, um, and of course Britain's uh, empire, um, from which Britain um, uh, Britain benefited from cheap foods, but mainly from the United States um, and its huge farming surpluses meant that uh, British living standards were con conditional, conditioned on uh, or conditional on, on imports uh, and this was Britain's Achilles heel. So we're looking at, as we normally do, at Max Hastings here um, and the war at sea. Uh, and in it he writes, While Germany's capital ships commanded the headlines, and obviously means battleships like the Bismarck and the, the Tirpitz and the Scharnhorst and the, the Prince Eugen and, and things like that, um, and their sorties inflicted some injuries, Axis submarine and air forces represented a much graver long-term threat, and the men of both arms displayed courage and skill. U-boats achieved striking early successes, such as the sinking of the old battleship Royal Oak in Scapa Flow, which was the this was the first um, major uh, British naval disaster of the war, when um, the when German U-boats went underneath uh, the submarine net at Scapa Flow and sank the Royal Oak, um, capsizing it. Um, and wreaking havoc upon valuable merchantmen. Churchill, as first Lord uh, of the Admiralty, estimated that the introduction of convoying in 1939 was responsible for a 30% fall in Britain's imports. Merchant ships were obliged to waste weeks waiting for convoys to assemble. Once ocean-bound, they travelled painfully slowly and were offloaded uh, on arrival by lethargic and sometimes obstructive British dock labour force. Churchill famously, as First Lord of the Admiralty in uh, 1940, before his um, uh, accession to um, Prime Minister, 
um, after the Norway debates um, and the fall of Neville Chamberlain, uh, squandered British warships in their fairly fruitless searches for um, U-boats as British merchantmen and um, uh, other vessels began to be sunk. Um, the technology wasn't there um, and Churchill had little idea initially uh, about what to do about the, uh, the shipping losses. Churchill famously said, of course, we've always got to be wary of this kind of Churchillian drift where all sorts of things can be attributed to him. But Churchill famously uh, claimed that the Battle of the Atlantic was the only um, part of the war that really frightened him and he could see the real prospect for uh, Great Britain's defeat, uh, which gives you an indication of um, how desperate the, uh, the, the, the struggle was. Many ships that carried commodities in peacetime had to be diverted to move troops and munitions across huge distances by circuitous routes to avoid uh, Axis air and submarine concentrations. For instance, almost all Egypt-bound cargoes travel via the Cape of Good Hope. The voyage to Suez lengthened from 3,000 miles um, to 13,000, while a Bombay-bound ship made a passage of 11,000 miles against a pre-war 6,000. Until 1943, the Royal Navy was desperately short of escorts and effective technology to hunt U-boats. The British tanked 12 German submarines in 1940 and just three in the six months between September uh, that year and March 1941. Intelligence and skillful convoy routing did more to frustrate Admiral Dernitz uh, than did uh, submarine escorts. Of course, um, we need to talk about the uh, Enigma machine and the breaking of the Enigma codes and, and Alan Turing and all that sort of thing. But I think probably in the kind of 14 minutes we have left on this podcast, we, there's probably not enough time to give that to do that justice. Um, and I'm going to see if I can try to do something quite separate on, on, on that subject uh, in, in the not-too-distant future. The Royal Navy was slow to realise the vulnerability of merchantmen off the African coast, where in 1941-42, two long-range Type uh, 9 U-boats achieved some spectacular destruction, partly because they maintained wireless silence and partly because uh, few defensive resources were available. The British were grievously hampered by lack of air support. The RAF's coastal command was short of planes. Its long-range Sunderland flying boats suffered from crews' poor navigational and depth charge skills. And together with technical problems that reduced their effort in 1941 to an average of two sorties per month. Meanwhile, until 1942, many of the Royal Navy's destroyers remained committed to the coastal defence of Britain. In the course of the entire war, 6.1% of Allied shipping losses were inflicted by surface raiders and 65 by mines, 13.4% were caused by air attack and 70% were caused by U-boats. The British suffered their first severe blow in the autumn of 1940 when the slow-bound Atlantic convoy SC-7 lost 27 out of 30 ship, 21 out of 30 ships and 12 out of 49 in the fast um, HX-79. Thereafter, the tempo of undersea war rose steadily. During 1941, 3.6 million tonnes of British shipping were lost, 2.1 million of those to submarines. Churchill became deeply alarmed. 
his post-war assertion that the U-boats caused him greater anxiety than any other threat to Britain's survival has powerfully influenced the historiography of the war. It's scarcely surprising that the Prime Minister was so troubled when almost every week until May 1943 he received uh, lost statistics that represented a shockingly steady, debilitating depletion of Britain's transport capabilities. But the submarine force commanded by Dönitz was weak. Germany's pre-war industrial planning envisaged a fleet which achieved full war fighting capability only in 1944. Now, as you've heard me talk before, um, one of the key moments, and it's a hugely controversial and contested document, but one of the key moments in um, the history of Nazi Germany was the, the meeting that is recorded in the Hossbach Memorandum, where Hitler, the um, heads of the Air Force, Army and Navy, um, and uh, some, of the, some of the senior figures in the Nazi party meet, and Hitler lays out his plan, or his series of plans and possibilities for what war might look like in the next few years. Partly the reason for doing this was to discuss the kind of the economic bottleneck um, that Germany was in. As Germany rearms, inflation goes up, they're pumping money into the economy and there's scarce resources and um, the balance of payments is affected. Uh, and, and Hitler, not an economist himself, doesn't really know other than conquering other countries how you solve these problems. And the answer in the Hossbach Memorandum is we conquer other countries. But the other reason for gathering these service chiefs together was that there were arguments between them about which service was to get the most spending and therefore the most resources committed to it in order to grow. Hitler's kind of uh, favourite service was obviously the, the Wehrmacht, the army. Second to that is the Air Force. Third and a fairly distant third is the Navy. Hitler's not really a Navy man. Um, Hitler didn't build any aircraft carriers, for example. Um, and the uh, there are battleships, but you, you know, to some extent these are prestige projects and not really at the forefront of Hitler's thinking. Hitler uh, saw the value in U-boats, and during the war he certainly appreciates that they're very useful, and they're, they're obviously a lot cheaper to build than uh, battleships. But the infrastructure isn't there to make them on the scale that uh, Raider first and then Dönitz wanted. Uh, Dönitz believed that he was given, if, he, if he was given 500 boats he could win the war. Um, Part of the problem here as well is that um, when uh, Fritz Todd, the Minister for Armaments, died in a mysterious plane crash uh, and Speer took over, um, Speer inherited uh, uh, chaos. He found factories that were empty or that they were producing too many of the wrong sorts of things. Uh, and the, the entire German munitions uh, system munitions industry is is working in a state of, of chaos, uh, and to some extent that goes for the production of huge capital uh, equipment like U-boats. Naval construction was skewed by a focus on big ships, 
A hundred U-boats could still have been built with the steel lavished on the Bismarck. On the eve of the war, Admiral Eric Rader, uh, German naval uh, commander-in-chief, wrote, We are not in a position to play anything like an important part in the war against Britain's commerce. Until June 1940, Dönitz did not anticipate waging a major campaign in the Atlantic. Because he was denied the means to do so, the small, short-range Type 7 boats that dominated his armoury were designed to operate from German bases. Even when the strategic picture radically changed with Hitler's seizure of Norway and of the French Atlantic ports, the Kriegsmarine continued to build Type 7s. Productivity in German shipyards, hampered by shortages of steel and skilled labour, and later by bombing, fell below British levels. U-boats remained technically primitive. Innovation, for instance, in the 1944-45 Schnorkel underwar air replenishment system was not matched by reliability. The revolutionary Type 21 sailed in its first war patrol only on the 30th of April 1945, so that's less than two weeks before the end of the war. Thus, Dernitz forced lacked mass, range and quality. Just as the Luftwaffe in 1940-41 attempted to deal a knockout blow to Britain with wholly inadequate resources, so the U-boat arm lacked strength to accomplish the severance of the Atlantic link. And there's something kind of deeply um, inimical, um, deeply, well, there's, there's a deep connection really here to the workings of Nazism and, and the, the kind of the basis of, of Nazi thinking here. Um, in that um, Hitler, whilst he ideally wanted a well-equipped navy and air force, managed to kind of bluster his way through questions of uh, lack of resources by saying that really it was the will of the German uh, airman and sailor and soldier that was being tested and that will would triumph and the, the will of the German people were, would would triumph. Um, and there was a kind of a, a sense of this in everything that happened within Nazism. Like, you know, Ian Kershaw's argument that uh, Nazism looked kind of orderly and meticulously planned on the outside, but inside it, it was really quite a chaotic system. Um, that present that that presents itself as a kind of a, a truth when you look at the the shortcomings of um, German military production and uh, the uh, in, in many theatres of war German soldiers airmen and sailors going to war without the things that they they actually need Dönitz calculated that he needed to sink 600,000 tons of British shipping a month and to achieve a decisive victory for which he required 300, I correct myself, I said 500 before, but it's actually 300 U-boats in commission uh, to sustain a third of that number in operational areas. Yet only 13 U-boats were on station in August 1940, falling to 8 in January 1941, rising to 21 the following month. This small force inflicted impressive destruction. Two million tonnes of British shipping were sunk between June 1940 and March 1941. But in the same period, just 72 new U-boats were delivered, far short of the number Dernitz needed. They achieved the highest rate of productivity, measured by tonnage sunk per submarine at sea, in October 1940. Thereafter, 
while many more boats were deployed, their pro rata achievements diminished. As the war developed, the Allies' navies grew apace in skill and professionalism, and the quality and determination of U-boat crews declined. One by one, Dennis's aces were killed or captured, and the, message rep- uh, and the men who replaced them were of lesser calibre. Submarine crews had um, a sh- short life expectancies at sea. In 1940, the uh, submarine crew captains were almost celebrities in Germany. They were considered to be heroes and uh, fated by Hitler, who had a sudden new appreciation for the U-boat. And, um, but they had their war was going to be a kind of an, an uphill struggle when they had to face the combined uh, intelligence and technology capacity of the uh, United States Navy and the British Royal Navy uh, that learned quicker and quicker how to use uh, ASDIC um, and uh, other uh, sonar-based systems and aircraft spotting and depth charges in order to um, quickly find and eliminate uh, U-boats. German naval intelligence and grasp of allied strategy, tactics and technology was chronically weak. Again, um, British signals intelligence, uh, Bletchley Park, uh, broke Enigma co- the Enigma codes, um, was um, uh, streaks ahead uh, of Germany. Um, and the um, ability of the British also to mask their own intelligence coups and to prevent the Germans from working out what the the fact that the Enigma codes had been broken um, was was um, of, of fundamental importance. So we'll talk some more about this uh, in the coming weeks or so, um, and I've got some really awesome new stuff to 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 bring you. Particularly, I'm really excited to be bringing you uh, Mike Davis's Set the Night on Fire, which is a, a radical history of Los Angeles in the 1960s. Anyway, we're going to we're going to pause there. Um, thanks very much for listening, everybody, and I hope you find this useful. You check us out on explaininghistory.org, um, and uh, there's always the Patreon there for anyone that'd like to to donate to keep the podcast going. Thanks very much, everybody. All the best. Bye bye. One that's mirrored in the uh, huge problems. Uh, in the U.S. healthcare sector and the difficulty that uh, the seemingly intractable um, problem of uh, attempts to uh, create uh, a free at the point of use healthcare service, which um, uh, most of the modern countries in some way, shape or form enjoy. Um, the implications for the, the rest of the world, as I said, are, are, are stark. Um, the uh, the orga- organisations and uh, wealthy backers who have uh, managed to overturn Roe versus Wade um, will now be immensely emboldened. Perhaps they won't succeed in in Europe, but they will try. You know of that of that you must be absolutely certain. Um, and wherever you are, if you're not in the US. Watch the media that you consume and look for the messages that will no doubt be kind of uh, 
dropped into newspaper columns and and leaders and here and uh, and in uh, op-eds in TV, on TV shows and radio and podcasts because there there will be an attempt to make the argument first for um, the curbing and reduction of abortion rights and then perhaps an an outright ban um, similar to Roe versus Wade. Um, these things often tend, tend to follow. Um, and also, this might be a, a huge and important moment for um, the uh, women's movement uh, inside America uh, and, and beyond. Um, it's difficult to say at the moment. There has been, um, doesn't seem to have been the kind of spontaneous mass organising that happened when Trump was uh, first elected in uh, 2016. But give it time, give it time. Uh, it's only been a, a day or two and, and no doubt there is a, a flurry of activity uh, amongst the uh, women's movements in America um, to organize some form of uh, some form of resistance. Um, Okay, well, listen, I'm going to leave the update there. Um, we're going to be coming back to that hopefully later in the week. Apologies, I've done fewer updates this week because, again, I've been suffering from long COVID and it's, it's been kind of tiring. But, you know, I'll get over that. Thanks very much, everybody. I hope you find this useful and we'll be getting back to some regular history in a moment. All the best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.